Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley, and joining me via call is Asad Hassan. Uh, Asad, you nailed it, man. You called an increased presence of Jamal Agnew on the receiving end of the football. Jaguars had a really nice showing on Thursday Night Football this past uh, Thursday against the Cincinnati Bengals, but we still lost it, 24-21. What happened, man? When are we going to get that first win? I don't know. Well, we're going to get the first win this week, Bentley. That's what's going to happen, actually. I got to enjoy the game from my lovely new phone, my iPhone 7 Plus, at Red Rock. So I had the beauty around me, and I'm watching the whole football game while the openers are going. People are looking at me crazy. But it was interesting how many people are interested in football. I had so many people looking over my shoulder asking who caught a touchdown. How many yards does this guy have? What's the score? Yeah. It was fun stuff, man. I'm really disappointed at the Jaguars' loss. I really thought we had it. It honestly ruined my night to lose like that. I just thought we played a a pretty damn good game, and I thought we were the better team, and we should have won the game. But a few mistakes, especially you know not taking the three points at the end of the half, rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. So I'm still a little upset about it, but it's been a week removed pretty much, so... I'm getting over it. Got to move on to next week. Well, yeah, people looking over your shoulder as you watch that game. Also asking, where did he get a new iPhone 7 Plus? <laughs> but uh, speaking of rubbing you the wrong way, uh, we also have Urban Meyer, an incident <laughs> over this weekend with uh, not not one, but a, a couple bits of viral media around something that he, I guess, could you say he did or was done to him? I've got an opinion on that. I think we'll get into that in a second here as we welcome uh, Davey Hudson with Believe in Titans Network. Uh, who will be joining us to talk about the upcoming game against the But all in all, a a crazy week for Jaguars, man. They're all over the news. So if you like the idea that the Jaguars are making national news, then this this has definitely been your week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You mind if I read off one of my favorite tweets I actually saw from this weekend? Uh You ready? This is from, what is this? Nola Monroe here on Twitter. She says, if Urban Meyer leads the Jaguars to a win on Sunday, I will personally give him a lap dance. I got a lot of ass back here sir those fingertips won't be able to reach my (laughs) man that's so funny people people say the funniest man let me tell you all right so what we'll do is go ahead and dive into the interview welcome davy davy hudson welcome to the show uh davy's joining us from the believe in the titans show is that correct do i have that right yeah believe in titans it's uh show with myself and former Denard Walker just talking about the ins and outs each week for the Tennessee Titans. And I'm curious, why would anyone believe in Titans? This is new to me. <laughs> Bentley, I'll kind of throw that back to you. Initially, when I was told I was coming on the Drunken Jaguars podcast, I thought I had a one-on-one with Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> but but here we are. No, man, it's it's cool. The, the, Believe, in po- the Believe Podcast Network up and coming, growing, but it's it's something that I'm I'm really happy with the trajectory that we're headed on, and it's hopefully just good things to come. And love having opportunities to go out and meet with new shows and just talk some NFL, man. All right. Well, I think in a second here we'll we'll get to our upcoming uh, game and maybe talk a little bit about the history behind these two teams as well. But you did mention Urban Meyer, which uh, <laughs> if you're a Jags fan, you you've been on an emotional roller coaster pretty much the entire week. 
I know I have my opinion on what happened. I haven't heard a SEDS yet. Uh, in, in a nutshell, Urban Meyer, I guess more than one videos went viral of him kind of receiving this like half lap dance in a <laughs> bar adjacent to a restaurant that he owns in Ohio, something like this, when he's supposed to be back in town spending time with his grandkids. What's What have you heard about this, Davey? And, and what do you think is going to come out of this? Well, for the immediate future, I don't think anything big is going to come out of it. But it's one of those things to where if this was a standalone incident, I don't think it would be that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. But it's the totality of the circumstances when you look at Urban Meyer's tenure so far as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach. And it's one of those things to where I know we've seen guys try to make that transition from college to the pros before, and it doesn't always go according to plan. And from what I've been hearing Urban tries to treat it too much like it's a college program, and that just doesn't go over well for guys that are getting paid more than he is. And it's one of those things to where you started to see this snowball effect, and it would be one thing if the team was performing at a high level, but I mean, right now, and I understand he was coming into a rough situation for a team that went 1-15 last year, but to start out 0-4, blow the game in Cincinnati like they did, it's just going to add fuel to the fire And it's one of those things to where he's going to have to get that trust back from his team quickly and try to flip the script because if not, I could see this thing getting a lot uglier before you see some sense of resolution come out of it. Hmm. I said, what's your take, man? We haven't even caught up on this. I know we haven't. And I have a, a different opinion than maybe you would think. This is a positive thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me tell you why. Which coach is the national media talking about the most this season? Urban Meyer. I know it's in a negative light, but Shad Khan wanted this the whole time. Shad loves this kind of stuff. He's in the entertainment industry, right? With AEW wrestling, if you haven't heard of that. And now we get some more media coming out, man. Everyone's talking about Urban Meyer. I personally will not judge him on his like personal life. You know, you do what you got to do. We don't know what his situation is at home. We don't know. Maybe his wife's okay with this thing. Yeah, he didn't fly home with this team. That's... That's not a good sign, but maybe the team had a few days off after. Maybe it was okay for him to stay. I don't think it's as big of a deal as everyone else does. And I don't like all these rumors about him, you know, trying to get out or this was his way out. I don't believe any of it. We know Shad Khan to stick with guys until the wheels fall off. We've seen it with Doug Marone. We saw it with Todd Wash. We saw it with players like Blake Bortles. Man, everything's going to be okay. Everyone's overreacting. I appreciate a good spin zone. <laughs> That's my spin zone on it, yeah. So, okay, man. My take is while... What is your take? I think I think we have to, dis- we have to distinguish between the sort of moral and ethical part of Urban Meyer's relationship to his own family and to the team and, and then national attention that's being drawn to this just for the sake of trying to make something out of nothing. To me, it's kind of like a moral, moralistic witch hunt type deal that people would assume that this would be irrefutable evidence that this guy's not fit to coach or not fit to stick around the team or that he's, you know, broken his commitments to to players and to the owners, that kind of thing. Where, where I do see it being very problematic is if, if explicitly in his commitment to those players and to the owners, there was some agreement about no off the field distraction <laughs> distractions i guess and that he lent himself uh, to that that's where i can see this being a compromise and he might lose the trust of players because it looks hypocritical davy what how do you how do you take that i believe i was hearing some things about that urban 
and Shad were having a conversation afterwards, and that's when they were kind of going over some contract language that was being thrown around, such as morality clauses and, th- and things of that nature. To really take a step back, I don't view this one instance as it being that bad. Obviously, it's a bad look, and it's one of those things to where, all right, you're the head football coach, you're suffering from a lot, like, a, I mean, you've lost four in a row, you didn't have a good performance, and I, I get maybe staying behind to be with family, but if you're going to do that, just do that, and just, you don't want to be a distraction whenever the things on the field are not going according to plan, and obviously, just simply based off the record, even if we are seeing improvement from the Jags on a week-to-week basis, it's still not going according to plan, so it's one of those things I view right now, if you're urban, you just need to make sure you're trying to take yourself out of the light at all possible, make everything about your players and how you're seeing them slowly, but overall work to being a better football team. He's a guy that the media has always been infatuated with him just simply because of his past. Whenever you do look at what he's been able to do at college, the the college level, some of the players that he had at the college level, I know that often brings a lot of people's attention to just the forefront. But at this point in his career, it's just like, all right, man, like just slow your roll, focus simply on the football aspect. And I think things would work themselves out. Again, I I do believe that just people, a lot of people want to be proven right in this situation. And whenever he was first hired, people were like, I don't think this is going to work. And so those detractors were like, hey, this is further evidence. This is not going to be a very competent relationship when you look at Urban and being the head coach here. And, And so that's just going to continue to have things thrust into the limelight. And he's just not helping himself whenever he puts himself in these types of situations. I have a few, I have a couple questions for you guys. So let's say that the Jaguars win this game and, you know, the players or coaches were allowed to, you know, s- stay behind and enjoy their time because they have the next few days off. Does that change the situation at all? I think if you don't have the second angle of where his hand is at, I think this all really just kind of is brushed underneath because it's just like, all right, yeah, you go out. People are always, they know who you are. You're in Ohio. You've won that, that state a national championship. So they're going to recognize who the guy is, even if they claim like, hey, who's this guy that's hitting on me or whatever. It it still is, if you don't have that second angle of where his hand's at, people are just like, ah, yeah, I mean, he's having a few drinks, it's whatever, and it just brushes aside. But then the second angle comes out, and that's whenever I feel like all hell broke loose from a media standpoint. Yeah, I think individually people that are commenting on this issue and who are really sort of uh, engulfed by it, are those who have some other spin to it. So they have some other motive for this. So they're waiting for Urban Meyer to misstep to where they can jump on him and say, see, the whole college NFL thing didn't work out. As if NFL coaches are some ethical standard <laughs> for for the world here. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I would uh, largely, largely agree that as an isolated incident, this is not that as huge of a calamity as we would be led to feel during this week, but that overall there might be some sort of uh, lack of awareness on behalf of Urban Meyer as to how he's really coming across right now on all, all aspects of things, right? I said, you also asked if we had, if the Jaguars had won that game, would it have changed things? And I, you know, I'm a pretty big believer in the whole winning, winning cures all type deal. <laughs> yeah. But I think that the tone was already negative by the end of that game, that there was a shot for, I don't know how long NFL Network had the shot on Urban Meyer where his head was down on the sideline towards the end of the game. You couldn't <laughs> you couldn't see his eyes or anything. It looked like a kid kind of pouting. The shot felt like it was like a uh, thirty seconds, <laughs> and then they they, ended, they finished the game, and <laughs> and he he didn't really cheer up in post game uh, interviews either. 
So if he's already starting off with that sort of a pessimistic negative tone, then people are going to be inevitably emotionally impacted by that the next time they see him behave. And if his next behavior is just sort of like, you know, negligent balls to the wall, like, hey, I'm Urban f***ing Meyer. <laughs> I can do what I want at the restaurant that I own <laughs> or whatever. Then then I can I can I can also see how that can start to rub people the wrong way. But I do want to move on to uh, some actual on the field football stuff. If you guys are yeah. that here. Yeah, let's do Sounds it. Good. Yeah. Davey, we have a tradition on the Drunken Jaguar as much as possible. We actually <laughs> uh, censor some of our curse words on this show. So we can curse liberally. It's it's fine, but it gets censored out. And you know what? Like as a sound editor, I think it's kind of funnier that way. One of the words that we censor out is t***s. Mm. This being a word that uh, evokes a lot of trauma for Jaguars fans, the, 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 regardless of your generation and where you joined the... What if I just say tits? <laughs> <laughs> would, would that work? I, I think that's a... Yeah, I, I do, that's fine. I think that's a much more appropriate word, um, especially for the bulk of our listeners. Okay, okay. Me, personally, I have the memory of the 1999 season where the Jaguars went undefeated, except for three losses to the Tennessee Titans, two in the regular season and then one in the uh, playoffs in the AFC Championship game. This mathematically seems very unlikely. <laughs> and it's been really tough to get over something that doesn't make sense. For other fans in more recent years, there's been the trauma of Derrick Henry uh, putting up Hall of Fame-worthy uh, numbers against the Jaguars. For the times, though, I'm curious if the same level of God, what do we even call this? I don't want to use these words like respect. I want to say like <laughs> maybe rivalry or uh, emotion are there vis-a-vis -vis the Jaguars, or have we just simply been too easy to run over in the past decade? Mm -hmm. I would say that the rivalry is still there. It's one of those things, I'm kind of weird about how I use that term because I do think there's definitely needs to be that some that sort of competitive that sense of competition is the best way to phrase it. I say that because in college, it's like I, I cover the Tennessee Volunteers and a lot of their historic rivalries like Alabama. I don't really consider that much of a rivalry because Alabama's won it for, gosh, since 2007 on. And and so now while it's not been like that in the NFL, it has been, I believe, of the last six times or five and one. And so there is that mindset for a lot of times fans that whenever they see the Jaguars on the schedule, they're like, all right, we got a really good chance. Like we should win this game. Right now, the Titans are battling a lot of injuries, so the, the feelings are mixed heading into this week. But they definitely still view Jacksonville, the Colts, and I would even say the Ravens and Steelers kind of in that upper echelon of the teams that they hate the most. They really want to get that win over. And that just kind of goes back to the days of when the, before they moved to the current eight-division format that the NFL is currently operating under for like the likes of Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Uh, for, for Jacksonville, though, as of late, yeah, it's one of those things where I do think if, if Titans fans are like, is Derrick Henry playing? Okay, he's going to put up some great numbers, and they should at least, like, there's no way that the Titans, even if they do lose, they're not in this game. Like, there's going to be a sense of if Henry's on the field, it's going to be competitive, and, and if it's not a win, it's at least going to be close. As of the time since Ryan Tannehill has taken over, Titans have not lost to the Jaguars. So I know from an efficiency standpoint that the Titans fans are really happy about how him and Henry are working with one another. If the Titans are able to get their wide receivers healthy, then I, I don't think a lot of Titans fans are expecting this to be that much of a, a, a game come the second half 
on Sunday. Whoa, the dudes who lost to the Jets. And hey, their only excuse, right? I mean, from fans, I was hearing, you know, we didn't have our two wide receivers on the outside, correct? But those aren't the only problems in Tennessee, right? We've seen that O-line has just been awful. And that defense, oh, not good. Yeah. Not good this year. I I mean, the Jets, obviously, they they were able to get their first win. And I don't think it is a game if you have just A.J. or Julio. Now, that's not going to say that for a lot of these other games moving forward that that's going to cure up a lot of their L's. You look at the game against the Cardinals, man. Chandler Jones, five sacks. And last week, uh, on the defensive side, just we weren't able to put forth any pass rush they were able to get one sack on Zach Wilson he was only hit one other time outside of that and you look at it the other way Ryan Tannehill took seven sacks now some of those were on him not getting rid of the ball fast enough but uh, there were 14 hits on the quarterback in that game so Tannehill was not exactly in a favorable position and a lot of that was the coverage for the Jets were just able to guard the receivers fairly well that we had uh, just trying to do the whatever game plan Todd Downing was trying to draw up and so you did see the try to do a lot more of all right we're gonna do some quick screens definitely try to get the running backs involved in the game and they just allowed the Jets to hang in there the Titans were moving the ball up and down the field early just could not convert it was nine nothing if maybe you're able to punch one of those field goals and turn it into a touchdown you get up and to the point the Jets aren't able to come back and make it a contest but the Titans just weren't efficient and at the end of the day I mean for as bad as they played they still had an opportunity to tie the game and just missed a field goal but the the field goal issue for the Titans has been something for the last three years. It seems like that we just can't seem to get right. The team has struggled in that category uh, ever since the injury to Ryan Suckup. And Suckup, after he gets cut, he goes to the Bucks and wins the Super Bowl. So, yep, <laughs> again, it's, it's 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 one of those things. Yeah, well, we have the kicking problems too. But uh, Bullock did hit that one against Seattle for the win, right? And yeah, we we saw how bad Randy Bullock was when he was with the Bengals of previous years, and they were. Not, I have a friend who's a Bengals fan. Does not like Randy Bullock very much. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. There, there's not much confidence whenever the special teams unit comes out on the field. And, I mean, that even goes for the punt game right now because Titans all-pro punter Brett Kern's been injured. He didn't punt last week in the first one for Johnny Townsend, who, a uh, Florida guy, by the way. But um, he, he just shanked it. Like, I think it maybe went 12 yards. And so it's just like, here we go again. And my, my co-host, uh, Denard, I mean, he always wants to harp on field position and special teams because, like, it is a... a very important part of the game and the Titans as of late have not been able to take advantage in that category and so whenever that's the case you're putting yourself in bad position before you even really have an opportunity for the offense or the defense to get out on the field I do I do want to talk about the Jaguars realistic chance of winning this game though I mean I I, I, uh, Davey of course the whole thing is like when you have your home team you know them very intimately right so like you when we we think of Titans we're thinking Derrick Henry when you think of times this week, you might be thinking of six different injuries and weaknesses you've seen the past couple of weeks and, and just really concerned that the Jaguars might join the Jets here with a with the first one of the season. Jaguars sort of cynicism aside that I, I'm actually a fan so far of what Urban Meyer has done. And I think we're on an upward trend so far. I mean, if you even if you look at the numbers of this kind of abysmal opening loss to the Texans uh, and then follow that in the, in the coming weeks, we have an increasingly a bigger shot of winning the game all the way up until Thursday night football against the Bengals where we were up by two touchdowns at the half. I think a, a win is very realistic for the the Jaguars here. The joke is that if you if you trace uh, 
those loss margins so far in the season, they've kind of gone, they've been like really big and they kind of got a little bit smaller, they got a little bit bigger, then they got smaller again, that will still mathematically lose the Titans uh, by two, but then win the Super Bowl by like 63, <laughs> right? If, if the algorithm continues. So, I like that. But I want to ask both of you, how, how could the Jaguars win this game and the Titans lose? And then maybe look at the opposite scenario as well. So first, what is a, if the Jaguars were to win, what would that look like? That would look like an extremely efficient game from Trevor Lawrence. And, and the big thing for him is just make sure he does not turn the ball over. If he's able to just protect it, uh, I, I think they can do enough with James Robinson in the run game to where they're going to be able to move the ball on this Titans defense. It's just, can their defense ultimately shut down the Titans offense? I Honestly, I, I think the spread, at, last I checked, is around four in favor for the Titans. I think that's actually a pretty good number. The Jaguars defense, if you're able to force a couple of turnovers, like you're definitely going to be in this game. Just because, and again, like I, I don't like injuries aren't the sole reason for some of the issues we've had with the Titans this year. But I checked the uh, report earlier. Jaguars had four guys listed. And I think two of those were full participants, and or one was full and one was limited, and two you got, two did not practice. Titans had twenty one guys listed on the injury report today. Wow. So, yeah, it's like you like, if some of those guys aren't even able to to go, you, you don't even have enough guys on the practice squad to really call them up at the last minute. Ultimately, I mean, they'll, they'll fill out the roster, but it's just having to plug and play so many different positions. It's how are those guys going to respond? And when you do look at one of the biggest things about an offensive line, it's just the chemistry for the guys that are out there, understanding what the guy right next to him is about to do. And if you don't have that sense of, all right, well, I understand here, my guy's probably going to be helping out and I, I, I know I can trust him in this situation. If you don't have that, then that really could lead to Ryan taking a lot more hits and, like I said, you force some turnovers, it's it's going to be a very favorable position for the Jags. And then in the special teams, I mean, James Agnew, he's been he's been balling out there. So if you can get him some plays and have some explosiveness, it's definitely going to be the Jags' favor in that category. I just think this is a great matchup for the Jaguars. I'm going to tell you why. We've seen the offensive line struggle, right? And we've seen the Jaguars' pass rushers just be abysmal. They've been bad, man. We can't get to the quarterback at all. And this is their chance to have that breakout game getting to Tannehill. We've seen Tannehill on his ass, like you mentioned, and we need to get to the quarterback. Our best pass rusher has been dropping into coverage, which I hope that changes for one. So I think that favors us. Second, our run defense, which has been the bottom, literally at the bottom of the league, 31st, 30, 32nd, the last few years has been really good this year. I don't know if that means we're going to stop Derrick Henry. It's been really good inside. But outside running, I think we still struggle a little bit. And I know that stretch play for the Titans is very effective, especially with that Derrick Henry stiff arm. So I think if we can stop him, you know, stop him from going downhill, we really do have a legitimate chance because your weaknesses are our weaknesses. I don't know if we're going to be able to run the ball really that well. I just know that Titans defense has been pretty bad in pass coverage too. A few Titans players I'd like to give a shout out to though. I love Kevin Byard. Liked him for a, a long time. And then Jeffrey Simmons, I think, is the truth as well. So those are a couple of players for the Titans to watch out for. Yeah, Simmons has definitely been playing at an elite level. He's one of the best DTs in the game. Bayard, he did have a pick in his first game, but he's kind of fallen off a little bit. A couple of years ago, he was all pro. Mm-hmm. And we've not exactly seen that same type of production, but Titans fans are hoping he's able to kind of get things rolling again and, and get back to playing at the level we saw from a few years back. <laughs> I want to hear, Davey, first from you, what's the Titans record at the end of the season? And, and what, what's the narrative that gets them there? And then and then secondly, what do you think the Jaguars will, will be at at the end of this NFL season? So for the Titans, it's, 
it's it's really weird because I mean I've I've been I've been wrong on almost every game so far this season. It's just it's it's like the exact opposite of last year where it's like I, I saw a win here, got it, but but this year it's just been off the wall. I do think at the end of the year, just simply based off of where the AFC South is, it's a situation the Titans still should be winning this division as long as like they don't sustain any significant injuries such as Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry for the season. I still have them at around 10 and 7, 11 and 6 when it's all said and done. Granted, they need to get a few things figured out to ultimately get to that point, but the team has the potential. It's just, will they come out and be able to put everything together? Uh, John Robinson has built this squad to where they're in win-now mode, so if you do see things start to go south, don't be surprised at the end of the season if the Titans aren't in the playoffs. They make a lot of very significant changes because I mean, they've pretty much put it all on the line to go out and try to win the Super Bowl now. Again, that's a long ways away, and I'm by no means predicting them to get to that, but you do have the pieces to where it's do it now or just kind of get ready to start over. Uh, as it relates to the Jags, I really am interested to see how the storylines continue to unfold for Urban Meyer. I will say this was my biggest critique for Urban coming in. He's a guy that's never been able to handle losing well. Like he struggles in the college game losing three games a year. How's he going to feel if he's losing double digits in the NFL in season one? That's that's where my biggest concern goes there. But if, if I'm a Jags fan, the one thing I'm wanting to watch is just the progression for Trevor Lawrence throughout the season because I do believe he is the real deal and he's going to be the franchise quarterback for that team for a long time. If I had to put a number on it right now, I think the Jags get to six wins on the season. Wow. That might be that might be getting a little a little ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the the injuries with the Colts are eventually going to catch up to them. And I also think that Houston, if they don't have Tyrod Taylor, it's I mean they're they're the worst team in the NFL right now, uh, bar none. So it at least allows the Jags a couple of opportunities, and just they've at least been able to stay healthy. And I, I I'd say a lot of people the disparity between the top team and the bottom team in the NFL is not as great as people want to make it out to be. I mean, on any given Sunday, a team has an opportunity to win. And that's why I think people love the league so much. Cause it's not like college where, I mean, you just see, it's like, you just know it's going to be a 60 point swing one with like Alabama going up against some nobody. And so I think Trevor's going to continue to build and you might see something like what the Cincinnati Bengals were able to do last year with Joe Burrow. As the season progressed, they started to rack up a couple of wins here or there. I actually have one last question for you, Davey. All right, man, hit me. All right. If the Jaguars do somehow find a way to win this game, which, I mean, it could be an even game, is this division, yeah, is the division wide open at that point? It's possible, man. For everyone, even the Colts. I would take Houston out of it, but. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I I would say so, but I think you're going to be looking at like what you saw last year with the NFC East, where it's maybe a team doesn't even get to a winning record and they're able to claim the division. I could see that being a situation. I I don't I don't see the Texans being able to compete. I look at the quarterback position as how meaningful it is to a team, and if Lawrence plays like he did against Cincinnati, especially for that first half, and you see a lot more of those types of performances, they definitely have an opportunity to start making some noise and rack up a few wins to where. I, I mean, I still think even if the Jags do upset the Titans this week, it's just going to be between the Titans and the Colts. But I mean, the the Jags definitely could be playing spoiler late to keep one of those teams from ultimately taking home the title. Fair enough. Well, I can, you know, I, I, I can see a Jags three game win streak at some point, maybe even a four game, which would be insane, but that would be really our, our only claim to fame for the year. Just a matter of when that win streak happens. Right. I think early on, we, we still don't have the, 
experience and the resilience to to make it last throughout the season. And if it happens later in the season, it's a thing that in the offseason you say, well, look at the end there. You know, we won, we strung together four in a row and finished with five or six wins on the season. So maybe the Urban Meyer experiment's working out. So sometimes you fire a coach midseason, it gets things uh, rolling for a team. You know, that's that's one of those lines I always look for. Whenever the first coach is fired, I always take that team to cover the next game. I like that. He'll be around. He's going to be around all season. I think he's going to be here for at least two years. <laughs> it's my guess. All right. All right. Guys, I really do appreciate you having me on. Uh, last thing I did want to say is if the Titans had actually beaten the Jets last week, I think Jags have a better opportunity of winning this game. For whatever reason, whenever the Titans lay an egg or lose a game, they definitely shouldn't. They always bounce back strong the next week. It's just something about Mike Vrabel teams and how they're able to do that. Whenever they've gotten beat by double digits, I think they're 7-0 and in his time in the last two years of coming back the next week and winning. You saw it earlier with Seattle. Uh, nobody was really projecting us to win that game after the loss at the hands of the Cardinals. Uh, I, I really do hope you guys are able to enjoy the game. Thanks again for having me, and uh, hopefully we're able to do it again later on. I want to say a huge thanks to Davey Hudson for joining us today from Believe in Titans uh, Network. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, despite your team affiliation, uh, to be able to talk with you today and, and really appreciate the insight on the upcoming mm-hmm. game, as well as the Jaguars uh, Titans rivalry. Yes, sir. Thank you. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hmm. Interesting. So we're still in the upper echelon of rivals uh, that the t- have. I mean, I, I do expect this to, to, to reverse over the next next few years as the Jaguars build build a team identity here. But you're feeling Jags win on Sunday? I mean, are you not? This feels like it has Jaguars winning all, written all over it. Like you were saying, we're, we're getting closer and closer. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if I'm, if I'm that confident quite yet. Just keep feeding James Robinson. I just hope this whole Urban Meyer thing gets figured out. I hope him and Shad had a good talk, and I hope his team understands. I think he did handle it well in the aftermath of things. I think he faced it head on. He didn't try to avoid the questions. He knew he had to answer the questions. And you just got to live and you got to move on. People make mistakes, man. And he made a mistake. We have the, the old uh, Doug Marone phrase, winning the quarter, where he used to divide the season into you know four quarters of four games each. And I guess during that 2017 season, it was cool because we could kind of track it. Like we, we we'd split like two and two or we'd win three and one. <laughs> yeah, there was some optimism behind it. Well, we just dropped this quarter, oh, and four. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what your thoughts will be on the next quarter, even though they're no longer like divisible into clean quarters because it's a 17-game season. 
let's just say neither of us expected 0-4. I believe you predicted 2-2. I might have predicted 1-3 or something like that, something close to that. We both had Houston as a win. You know, things happen. This is a young team. Going forward, though, this team is getting better, man. I mean, we see it. The play calling was a lot better. Trevor was getting out of the pocket. So I can see this team winning games. But the schedule is getting a lot harder. Do you have pulled up who our next four are? I know the Titans are next, but... Yeah, so coming up, the Jaguars have this game hosting the Titans at home. Then they play the Dolphins in London. The bye week, of course, follows that game. They then travel to Seattle uh, on October 31st and then return to Jacksonville to host the Buffalo Bills. Oh, boy. I mean, looking ahead, this sounds like a team that can win... Two straight games. I think they can beat the Titans. I think they match up well against them, and I don't think the Titans' defense is very good at all. Their offensive line is really, really bad this year, which could you know, help start up that pass rush, which we need to see soon. The next game after that, Miami and London. Miami's struggling, man. They, they're having an identity crisis. They don't, they don't know who they are. They don't know who their quarterback is. And this was a team with high hopes coming into the season. I think we can win that game. And it's a home game. It's in London, baby. You know, the JJs. Uh, the next two games, man, Seattle and Buffalo, that I would take those as two losses, man. So I, I feel like this could be a one and three or a two and two at best. But Buffalo, that's going to be a very, very tough matchup for us. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Drunken Jaguar. We are an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. As always, you can find, find us on Twitter at Drunken Jaguar. Yeah, and, uh, and of course, a special thanks to Davey Hudson again for uh, joining us from the Believe in Titans Network. Uh, also, shout out to uh, James and Phil over at Believe in Jags. Definitely a podcast uh, that I've checked out in the past and hope those guys are doing well. I said it's been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to this uh, game and hoping for some, some good news come Sunday. Yes, sir. Go Jaguars. Please, we need to win. I'm tired of losing. <laughs> Go Jags. <laughs>